Hello, neighbor. Welcome back to Mojave Memories. Stories and essays written by Annalise Cooper. Music and editing done by Cattell Byers. We're glad you joined us here in North Joshua Tree on Copper Mountain Mesa. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. This podcast was created using the Anchor app. Anchor is a free podcast platform that allows anyone to record their own podcast free of charge. So even if you're not an audio engineer, this free and easy to use app makes it simple. The Anchor app even distributes your podcast for you for free. So go to anchor.fm and download the app today to get started for free. Hello, it's Annalise, and today I'm going to be reading you a story entitled Puppy and the Thunderstorm out of my book, Memory Dam. And I do want to caution, um, this may not be suitable for young listeners. There is some profanity. Cody had been living with us for about four years when his mother and her boyfriend were arrested for producing methamphetamine. We had known for years that they were dealing meth as well as consuming mass quantities themselves. It was one of the reasons Cody came to live with us. Cody's dog, Puppy, had stayed with his mom and boyfriend when Cody moved in, but now that they'd been arrested, Puppy had been abandoned. I already had male dogs, and I was afraid of fights. So Cody would sneak Puppy in through his bedroom window, feed and water him, and then let the dog sleep on his bed. In the morning, before anyone else woke up, Cody would let Puppy, a greyhound Labrador mix, outside through his window. After many weeks, all the dogs became used to the idea of Puppy living with us, and things smoothed out. Our dirt road has no name. Our neighbor to the north took over the meth trade after Cody's mother and boyfriend were arrested. So the local speed addicts started roaring up our road, dust flying everywhere to go score their dope. Our dogs, including Puppy, took to chasing these vehicles despite all my efforts to get them to stop. One of these tweakers, Rocco, had a little beat up truck and he always drove much faster than the rest. He would lean out of his window, yelling at the dogs and slapping his door, cursing loudly as the dogs ran next to his truck. With legs pumping, shaggy coats streamlined in the wind, eyes shining, tongues lolling, the dogs thought this was a game and participated eagerly. One afternoon, I heard Rocco roaring up the road as the dogs barked furiously. I went out onto the porch and watched the clouds rolling in over San Gorgonio Mountain. It felt like rain, always welcome in the parched desert. Pretty soon, I heard Rocco's truck coming back down our road. The dogs ran out to meet him and raced down the road next to his truck, barking excitedly. Rocco reduced speed to negotiate the corner and everything went into slow motion as I watched Puppy, who had been running on the passenger side of the truck, pull ahead and begin to cross the road Rocco was turning onto. I lost sight of the dog, but I heard Rocco gunning his engine and then I heard a yelp. It was more like a scream. Cody came running. Rocco hit one of the dogs, he yelled. And Mary came flying out of the house. The three of us ran down to the corner as fast as we could. 
Mary and I were not wearing shoes. We rarely did. I don't know what was going through Rocco's mind as he watched us pounding down the road and race up to him. What the fuck, Rocco? demanded Cody, looking down at his dying dog. Rocco addressed me. Fucking asshole dog, he began, but I cut him off. No, you're the fucking asshole, Rocco, I roared. You just murdered that dog. You drive like a fucking maniac, and now look what you did, you moron. I was panting with fury. I heard Puppy's labored breathing and rushed over to where he lay, gasping for his last breath. Then the light went out and his eyes went dull. I looked at Cody. His face reflected horror and grief. I stood up to face Rocco again, but Mary rounded on him, eyes fiercely piercing, her fists clenched. You're going to pay for this, motherfucker, she yelled. Rocco made as if to step towards her, but thought better of it. He looked at me. I'm going to make you suck my dick, Rocco, Cody snarled. An expression he had probably learned from his father, who had spent more years in jail than out during Cody's life. Rocco, who had also spent time in jail, took two steps towards Cody, but I moved between them, my eyes blazing, shoulders squared. Rocco stepped back. Get the fuck out of here, Rocco, I ordered him. Just do us all a favor and leave. The dog is dead. Us kicking the crap out of you isn't going to bring him back. Just go. If there was any hesitation on Rocco's part, it was fleeting, as we heard our old station wagon start up with Jim at the wheel. As Jim came barreling down the road, Rocco quickly got in his truck and took off in a cloud of dust. Jim pulled the car around and looked at Puppy. We'd better get him in the back and take him home, he said. Come on, Cody, give me a hand. They opened the back door of the station wagon and gently lifted Puppy's body onto the blanket Jim had spread out. Wordless, we all climbed into the car and Jim drove home very slowly. I was grateful that Eric, the youngest, was at his father's for the weekend and did not have to experience this. We collected our shovels and dug a deep hole. Carefully, we laid Puppy in the hole with a few special stones and covered him up. We added some stones on top of his grave and each of us cried tears for our fallen friend. Another innocent victim of methamphetamine. I just want to go kill Rocco, Cody announced, his voice deep and his blue eyes dark with emotion. Me too, agreed Mary. Come on, let's go kick his ass. No, I said sadly. No, it really isn't the civilized way to do things. We'll just have to ask that Rocco is given just punishment. May Mother Earth make his life miserable for a minute. We all walked back to the house and Jim got himself ready to go to a friend's house to work on their music. We waved Jim off and I looked at the clouds. They were ominously dark and moving in fast, already completely covering the Western mountains. Then the wind picked up, shrieking her fury. Nothing between us and the storm as it blew towards us on our remote high desert mesa. We're going to have a storm and it looks like it's a doozy, I declared loudly above the wind. We need the rain, but let's hope it doesn't get too violent. About 45 minutes later, the wind really started howling, gusting at near hurricane speeds. Soon the electricity went off and blinding rain followed. We'd better get our boots on for this one, I yelled. We have to get out there and sweep the porch or else the whole house is going to flood. 
We struggled valiantly against the wind as we swept the porch. Waves were running down the concrete and as hard as we worked, we could barely keep up with it. Our driveway was a raging torrent, sweeping away all in its path. I wish the station wagon was home and Jim wasn't out there in this weather. Normally, because of our altitude, weather patterns move around us, so it almost never rains. But this freak monster was parked directly overhead. The whole sky was pea green and the tamarisk trees bent almost to the ground, groaned in the howling wind. A huge bolt of lightning struck, not 30 feet to the north of us, immediately followed by the loudest clap of thunder I have ever heard. We screamed and covered our ears. Inside, I roared, now! We scuttled, slipped and slid into the house. Claps of thunder were almost continuous and the dark sky was constantly ripped into shreds of lightning. This is puppy's thunderstorm, yelled Cody. This is his revenge on Rocco. We all know Rocco's scared shitless of thunder and lightning. It was indeed a known fact in the neighborhood. He's probably hiding in his closet like a little sissy Lala, Mary chirped, and we laughed, a little hysterically perhaps. We sat in silence and listened as the storm raged its fury on us for a few more minutes and then moved off to the east. We went outside to survey the damage. The porch was drenched and our property looked as though a wall of mud had swept through. As we stood around, dazed, we heard running water. Oh my God, yelled Mary, it's the wash, the wash is running. Her brown eyes burned with excitement. I've lived here so long and I've never seen this wash run like a river. Come on, let's go see. We all ran the half mile to the wash. Where it was usually a winding trail through the sandy canyons, the wash now ran like a river, at least 20 feet wide. Pieces of vegetation cascaded down the river and a rattlesnake went by, precariously perched on a pile of sticks. We watched in awe as the storm moved further east, lightning flashing in the sky and the long bursts of thunder still very audible. After a while, we headed home. It was getting dark and the wash water was subsiding rapidly. The water sucked into the parched sand. Hours later, Jim drove slowly down the driveway and we all gathered around the car door. God, I thought I was going to get swept away, he exclaimed. We ushered him inside and I handed him a beer. He cracked it loudly and took a long, grateful swig. The first part of the wash up by John's wasn't so bad. It had stopped raining and was pretty much dried up. Jim paused and took another swig. Coming through the wash on Sunfair Road was another matter, he continued. That deep dip in the road was so full and overflowing that the water splashed up higher than the hood. I just put my foot down and plowed through it. Thank God the car didn't stall. Fiona Ford saved me from certain death. I would have been swept away for sure. Excitedly, we told him our side of the experience and all marveled at the force of the storm. Puppy's storm, as we had come to call it. And boy, howdy, do we need a puppy storm today? Oh, or soon. The flash flooding, as scary as it is. Yeah. We, we haven't had a good monsoon season in a couple of years. No. The last really good flood that I remember was in 2015 in July, and it actually flooded the whole house. It was 
st- stalled right overhead. I and think just, that do was you remember the first, that one. That was the first year I had my place here, <gasps> and um, it was poor. It just torrential rains. And it was starting to flood my patio. Yeah. And I remember going out there totally naked, mm. thunder and lightning, digging a uh, trough to direct the water away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I st- every year I, cl- I dig out that trough so that, you know, if I'm not home, yeah. you could come home to a flooded house easily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We still find bits of mud and, you know, debris that went through the house. Yeah. Anyways. You did a beautiful job of describing what it's like here, too, when those, you know, you sit here and you just watch the storms <sighs> rolling in and you can see it and yeah. the, the excitement. and um, Well, because we have such gorgeous panoramic views. You can mm-hmm. see it coming from afar and yeah. see it rolling up the Morongo grade and up the Yucca grade and then popping over the top and then here it comes. And mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, gosh, that was a good one. So, um, Cattell and I wish you lots of heat, <laughs> sand, and hopefully, hopefully a little rain. Stay well, neighbors. Yes.